Welcome back to another episode of Ready Comics Roll, and if you enjoy what you're hearing, make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Make America Swifty again, vote for John. Mass Effect Andromeda was a disappointment. I'm Anthony. And joining us today is two special guests. Savior of Vault 13 and Destroyer of Vault 13, I'm Tim. Son of Ire, Will. First off, I just want to say, wow. Just never expected any of our videos to kind of explode in the way that our Dragon Ball Super Theory and Lore videos have on our channel. I remember when John and I first kind of came up with this, doing it, we're just like, all right, we're going to just take all this information, these actual scenes from these uh, the Dragon Ball Super anime itself. We're going to kind of come up with these almost concrete theories as to what we think is going to be happening next. Just threw it out there. No, no big deal. You know, it had some good viewership at first. And then overnight, one day, just boom, we're now looking like 217,000 and counting in regards to how many people we had that has viewed the True Threat video. And even then, we're sitting at close to, I want to say, last time I checked, 650 subscribers. And this is only over the course of a few days. It was a Christmas miracle. It really was. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy to see how much support has been out there. And I, I think what I love about it the most is the fact that it's truly starting to build what we wanted for this podcast in general, which was the community. We thank you all out there for kind of you know, conversing with us on, uh, you know, the comments down below. Say what you liked about the video, what you didn't like about the video. Exactly. And I mean, without rollers like you, none of this would really be possible. And we understand that, you no, know, some people came here strictly just for the Dragon Ball Super stuff. And we will, don't hold that against you. Because we, the fact that we're doing just so many different forms of geekdom, we have something for everybody. But at the same time, we realize that not everybody's going to want to watch everything that we do. And that's completely understandable. And we're all for that. Again, it's about building that community and getting everybody involved in whatever way we can. Exactly. Like I said, or like we've said because we're so versed in everything and we want to kind of touch on everything, we like that everyone can come in, have their part with Dragon Ball Super, stay for a podcast, and really help this community grow. And exactly what that's what this podcast is really going to be about for this episode, I should say. And because we're looking at 2017 because we're at the very end of the year. This is going to be the last podcast episode of 2017 and also kind of taking a look into the next year as far as what we're looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, I think we should, you know, kick it off right where it needs to be. What are some of the things that we really enjoyed about 2017? And I think one of the big things that I truly enjoyed was Netflix. I'm telling you, the Punisher series... I can't wait for more. That's the biggest thing for me right now is I can't wait for more for Punisher. Um, I haven't had a chance to see it. The few Punisher friends I do have, they thoroughly enjoyed it and feel that compared to comic books, he is on par. He has done his research and he brings Frank Castle to the screen. You can't go wrong with the guy who played Shane on Walking Dead. (laughs) No, not at all. Listen, he carried over this character and was like, listen, you know, I like guns in Walking Dead. This guy is a badass. He's kind of an extremist. Let's book this thing through. And I agree. I've never was a Punisher fan when I was a kid, but Netflix has done it again. Netflix has seriously made me go, holy shit, I need to read some Punisher comics, Hmm. you know? Yeah, and they're really good at taking, like you just mentioned, characters. Like Daredevil was another one that none of us really cared too much about. But the Netflix series, especially the characterization of Kingpin, oh my god. It just made us all that much more interested. And we're all clamoring even for just uh, season three of Daredevil. Absolutely. I, I think when that comes through and they bring the actor who plays in... I apologize for not remembering his name right now. D'Onofrio, I believe. D'Onofrio? D'Onofrio, yeah. I can't wait for him to, to come back and kind of reprise his role. That That's something that I think everyone's kind of really waiting for. Yeah, that his performance as Kingpin has just completely blown me away. It's not what I was expecting at all. And just to see him kind of, he, from what we, has been told to us so far, he's going to branch off into some of the other series. We're going to see him more heavily involved in those as well. Punisher being probably the most obvious one. We do get the second season of that because we know we're getting the second season of that. Uh, but even in regards to just other TV shows, I mean, we also had Iron Fist, which I know critically was not rated the best. Fan base is still also kind of divided right down the middle. You either Very loved mixed. it or you hated it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, when I looked at it, there were 
I think I was divided for that show. Uh, there were a lot of things that I liked about it. I, I enjoyed the music that came from it. Um, I liked some of the field and scenes that they had in New York, but there were a lot of things that kind of let us down on that show too. I absolutely, when it came to, I actually, Iron Fist is one of uh, the characters I truly enjoy. So they really didn't handle his character very well. They kind of fixed that a little bit in Defenders. Uh, but I agree with you too. The music was on point, especially because a lot of people don't realize that Danny Rand is heavily involved in hip hop music. That was a very huge part of him growing up, which is actually how he kind of forms that bond and friendship with Luke Cage, which is a very important friendship for the two of them to have is not only as far as comic books with Heroes for Hire, but just the message it just sends out there, especially with the very divisive kind of, uh, feelings that we have in 2017 with people kind of just fighting amongst themselves it could show solidarity and that's something that we really need in this kind of time absolutely um now i think another show kind of tagging off the the netflix series defenders was also kind of mixed bag of tricks um i think when we originally talked about it that you know its first few episodes a little bit slow and then it kind of came into this point and for me it kind of peaked at one of those first beginning episodes and then kind of fell off so Again, it still had that, I liked a few things in it, but not a tremendous amount. But I think Netflix as a whole, for me, has still kept me engaged enough to when they start doing the next seasons for these characters that I'm still invested enough to continue with it. And hopefully when they finally do in a, a Defenders 2, that they'll kind of correct the things that they realize were mistakes it, when they came out with the first Defenders. Because now it'll right. be established. Yeah, because I think part of the problem for Defenders is the, the fact that they put too much emphasis on Iron Fist. <clears throat> and really and truly, as much as I love Iron Fist as a character, he had the weakest of the other Netflix series. So to kind of make him the main focus point probably wasn't the... Daredevil technically was the main focus in that. Well, no, but remember, the Hand didn't really give a shit about Daredevil. They wanted Danny Rand because of his, the, the Iron Fist. They yeah. needed that to get to... Uh, I, I just look at Daredevil as the main person. Um, I'm not sure if... You guys have seen most of this. I've only seen bits and parts. I've seen Luke Cage. Same. I've seen most okay, of Okay, so Iron you've Fist. seen the spinoffs and stuff like that. But not but... all of them. I haven't seen Defenders. I haven't seen Jessica Jones. Okay. And I haven't seen... Um, <laughs> when you get a chance. Daredevil. Jessica Jones so. is phenomenal He's, that's the best one that is a, by far one it like it, it, if i'm gonna look at how uh, all the seasons <clears throat> as firsts you know like mm-hmm. season one of each ones jessica jones by far was probably one of the best acted and best written um of the seer out of like all of them uh to me luke cage have had a phenomenal first half of the season yeah i started and then feeling it, kind of it fell itself, yeah um daredevil Season one was tremendous. That's what kind of launched off everything anyway. So I kind of rank that too. Mm. Uh, Iron Fist is kind of like bottom of it's the a, It's a bottom of the barrel for everybody, which yeah. is a shame. Which is why, like I said, at least with their, uh, with uh, Defenders, they kind of fixed his character a little bit. You saw those moments where he was more of the lively, optimistic uh, kind of comic relief. Uh, I almost want to say like the Flash uh, the Marvel version of Flash of that group. He was yeah, kind of the, he had the, the jokes. Whole... He was the lighthearted one. He and had... again, the, the, I completely just geeked the hell out. Like fanboy mm-hmm. to all hell. The moment where we see the two of them in that office building fighting off against the hand, back to back. Where Luke Cage axes the bullet shield. They're both beating the crap out of everybody. You get to see the glowing fist. I'm like, here's for hire, bitch. Listen, <laughs> I'm just psyched about anything that has a hallway fight scene. Yes. <laughs> that, is, that is a Marvel Netflix statement. That is by far the coolest thing that Netflix has introduced, and I love every second of it. Uh, but besides Netflix, let's also, since you used Swifty as your whole little intro thing, Rick and Morty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rick oh, do you have something Morty. about Rick and <laughs> I really you... enjoyed the season. It well, like, I like the dark twist they started putting into it. I like how they tried to go deeper into it. But, um... The ending, though. The ending of that season. Morty's. Oh, I know. Oh, Morty's everywhere. The Morty. Yeah. Yes. Listen, I am It's. I guess it's another one of those things where uh, I, I've always thought there was something more to Morty's as it is. I think everyone kind of feels that, mm-hmm. uh, that there's more to Morty's. Um, but, you know, having evil Morty and mm-hmm. being the back. president and everything like that. Well, yeah. There's going to expand so much more. For this show. I, I can't wait for the next season. But 
weren't we just saying, like, I don't even know if it's coming out next year. I think it's coming out I, even further Yeah, than I think we're going to have to wait at least two years to at most three before we see our next Rick and Morty season four. Wow. Yeah. That's that's going to be kind of... So uh, there's going to be plenty of um, going back over the first couple of seasons. Oh, Rick I still do it now. <laughs> yeah, right? When you're just, like, chilling back, you're like, all right, yeah. fuck it. Play Rick and Morty. Well, I only hope that Harmon's true and he says he has another nine seasons up his sleeve. Yeah, oh, that man. would be great. I know he's busy with doing... Um, Harmon like, Quest. Yeah, the D&D <laughs> story that mm. uh, him and his like friends and stuff like that are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, we look at Rick and Morty. That's <laughs> That has such a huge fan base that it's like people are going to be chomping at the bit for more I don't think I, I, the pseudo intellectuals i'm smarter than the rest of you because i identify with rick and... oh God, no. <laughs> anyone who identifies as rick is a monster yeah. <laughs> I, though i like the character though i like the character if you personally identify identify and feel you're rick you might want to reevaluate your life reevaluate yeah. your life a little well bit. rick thinks he's a god or doctor who and whatever motherfucker he's in so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. The only thing I worry about is this hopefully does not become like another Boondocks. We're waiting years, not like one year, but like three, four years just for another season. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, notorious with Adult Swim. Pretty much going to happen, I think. Yeah, I, I hope that it kind of works at least a little bit quicker than that. I don't need this to be, you know, like some video games that take years, maybe even years. a decade. In more. To be fair. Shut up. <laughs> I'm just saying, to be fair, a video game that I can spend, you know, 800 plus hours playing over, I'll wait five years for. But I don't want to wait a, for a season of 10 episodes of Rick and Morty for five years. That's bullshit. But, uh, <laughs> I'm going to burn you all down. <laughs> but, uh, speak- Fight me. <laughs> Go. But speaking of dark humor, we have to talk about Ash vs. Evil Dead Season oh, 2. Yes. They were. <laughs> They went even more grotesque than last season and did not even think that was possible. Just as an example, and there's one scene where he's in the morgue. He's looking for the Necronomicon. It is in a dead body. Goes to cut open and gets it. It animates. The intestines wraps around his neck because it ends up being like uh, an almost like a demonic entity. Right. Pulls, it was like an eel. The deadite took over yes. and took yeah. over its organs. And, and it pulls him into... Not the butt. Yeah, yes. Right not in the through butt. the anus. Yeah. <laughs> so then he, his head is sticking out of like the open chest cavity. And then he's just covered in fluids. And it's just... Oh, oh, oh. But at the same time, it's just... It's exactly what you expect uh, out of Ash vs. Evil Dead. Well, the craziest part is the fact that, and not that that wasn't crazy enough. Well, say sanity it, roll. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Where's your Cthulhu now? I mean, um, no, it, like, I'm fine with all the, the blood, guts, and gore that that show is synonymous for because it does it in a really funny, funny fashion. But, um, that, that got me a little bit Queasy. queasy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know about you guys. But I was like, what? Hold on, man. Hold on. It's just, the effect was more when you just saw a penis and face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dangling there. It literally mushroom stamped him. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe they actually showed that on there. So yeah, that was, but that's the beauty of, you know, Ashford's Evil Dead and just Sam Raimi and even Bruce, Bruce Campbell being involved. Uh, I will say this though, even though I feel that season two was better than the first season in a lot of ways, I think the introduction of its main antagonist, you know, having Ball, he was introduced too quickly and then snuffed out just as quick. I think they really should have maybe had him continue on in season three. He might, but I highly doubt it. I don't think they're going to revisit him as a villain. Uh, but they are going to introduce his, uh, Bruce Campbell's, or Ash's illegitimate love child, which is going to be interesting to see how they kind of play that out. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of sad we didn't get that, um, Kind of earlier. Yeah, we we had to look into uh, February. Yeah. And funny thing, it's actually around Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Hail to the king, baby. Gotta love me on (laughs) (laughs) V-Day. That's what it really comes down to. I mean, yeah, that that show had... I don't know if it had any kind of down parts. It may not have been as good as season one, but... Just the humor, everything that was going through, I, I, I think I just liked the series through. So, I don't know. And even then, the, as far as the comics are concerned, so they even had a reboot that kind of, it forgets that 
Ash vs. Evil Dead happens. It forgets that Army of Darkness even ha- happened, which is a travesty in both regards. But it makes up for the fact that it follows immediately after Evil Dead 2, and it kind of just plays more on the bumbling idiot side of Ash that you kind of love and also hate. To the point where they even do kind of like a breakfast club thing, because apparently the Necronomicon is in one of the schools. It's because that's where the librarian from the very end of Army of Darkness actually happens, but they kind of play that off. Uh, but even besides that, getting into comics, we had a lot of great comics this year. And unfortunately, we're looking at even some cancellations, as I've found out. There's the potential of Luke Cage being canceled. I've been following that series. And with the Netflix series doing as well as it is, it, come, it kind of comes as a surprise. Yeah, um, I've also heard rumors that uh, Along the Cutting Board also might be... Um, I've never read it, but I know it had a, a decent following, but Gwenpool. And um, unfortunately, I don't have the list on me, but I know there's like a small list of ones that they're looking to cut this year. I guess making room for some of the other stories. Gwenpool or Spider-Gwen? Gwenpool. Gwenpool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not, like, not, which the funny thing is for the longest time, because as I was just getting back into comics, I thought that they were just taking Gwen and putting her in a lot of different roles. I'm like, yeah. first you have Spider-Gwen, now you have Gwenpool, but no, two entirely different people. Two? Okay. Yeah. It says Gwenpool is literally just uh, a girl named Gwen and her last name is, is Poole. Mm. And she just happens to be an avid comic book fan like any of us. And she somehow gets transported into the comic book world. So her power is actually just having that plot armor. Mm. She knows she's the main character of her story. She knows all the tropes of comics and she uses it to her advantage to be as badass as she is. (laughs) I I, I gotta say that if if that's something that's out there, I might actually have to get into it and read some of it. I I started to get into more from some of the stuff that uh, Anthony was telling me about. Like uh, Infamous Iron Doom. Okay, That series... Phenomenal. Uh, I like what they did for the workup forum. I like how it came out of kind of the the ending cataclysm of you know uh, War World um, in showing Doom in this kind of different light, but at the same time though giving that subtle nod to this is still Doom. This is still the conniving genius that he is, but doing everything he can to be a good guy. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's just kind of wonderful to see Doom, like, in in Iron Man armor, so that's brilliant, and still having, you know, his connection to magic. I think that right there, like, I'm hoping, because I haven't read everything. I, I really want to get into it more, um, but I'm hoping that it stretches out for a while. I like the fact that they are going with this series of having, one technically an anti-villain who's you know going more hero and going into this thing of mixing true technology with sorcery it's a realm that not a lot of comics go doom characters for that matter that's what i'm saying but because you have dr strange who has his sorcery you have iron man who has his tech and normally okay Iron Man will face someone like Mandarin who has these powers from rings and mysticisms and stuff like that. But Doom is on a different level. He is literally dealing with the occult. He is dealing with demons, you know, like, like Mufesto. So to, to go on a series like that, I can't wait to have more, you know, finish out the, the arc that this is running. So. Which you're lucky because they're actually continuing that in the actual Iron Man series. Beautiful. That's all I'm waiting. I'm hoping that that's the, now that uh, you know uh, Marvel has finally acquired Fantastic Four back. Have they? they? Yes. Yes. Okay. The so, sale was final. That well, I know they got. Owns... I know they got Fox, but I know a German company owns. Fantastic Four. No, they got Fantastic no. Four and they got X-Men, which is also cool. was big news for 2017, which uh, only the Simpsons saw coming. Yes. Was the fact that... They see everything. Simpsons Fox. did it. Yeah. Simpsons, Simpsons did, did, it. did it. Simpsons did it. But Fox being acquired by Disney and in part Marvel. So yes. now basically it's all coming into the fold and going exactly as planned. And you might actually get... But, your, but your that's, what, that's what I'm hoping for. It's like, what if we get to that point to where, okay, they're going to do a new introduction to, you know, Fantastic Four for Disney. And what if they actually start to lean towards an Iron Doom. I don't know if you guys have seen the comics or the stuff like that. No, I haven't, not yet. But it's And insane. no, he likes to be referred to as Iron Man. That's, yes. that's the beauty of it, too. He's like, I M- am the true Iron, Iron Man. Man. Yeah. No, he's he'll always be Iron Doom to me. <laughs> <laughs> but Iron Doom, because that is phenomenal. But just speaking of just this stuff coming back, 
I am so happy to see Eddie Brock back in the mantle, as he probably deserves to be, as Venom. And we actually got some pretty cool storylines out of that. I mean, Venomverse was a little bit out there, no pun intended, because it's the fact that it goes in, you know, parallel universes. But we have that's where we get this cool little glimpse of all these different people who, at one point or another, had the Venom symbiote, or currently had the Venom symbiote, all coming to this kind of battle world, where they're fighting off against something that's even more badass than the symbiotes are, known as kind of poisons. They eat the symbiotes. To where it kind of ends off with, as I told you, and I know you were freaking out about, we have Thanos, Poison Thanos. And I thought it was going to be a one-shot, but apparently it's going to continue on to the next year. It's where Venom's going to be going back to space, this time without Flash. It's going to be Eddie Brock still, as it should be. And he's going to be working with X-Men Blue, fighting off against the Poison. So that's actually going to be canon. That wasn't just some silly little fun side story. And then even right now, kind of making history, we have the first ever crossover of Amazing Spider-Man and Venom. I mean, they've worked together in previous storylines, but that was during a time where Venom didn't have his own comic series. So this is the first time they actually have a crossover between the two. And it's been great so far. I was worried about how Flash becoming anti-Venom may have been played out, uh, but they did a really good job doing so. But I don't want to spoil it, so definitely pick it up when you have the chance. Which, uh, speaking of Poison Thanos, we had Thanos comic. Yes. I mean, because of the fact that I'm such a Thanos fanboy... Uh, you know, the the rise in all the movies that has been coming out, plus in the comics, you know, him, I think the biggest event, obviously, this year for Thanos, aside from Disney and his lineup to greatness, <laughs> is his fall from grace, and then that uprise to classic. I don't know if you knew about this, but his rise back up to power is basically how Thanos was written way back in the day. Like, this guy has, in the comic, and, I mean, it's been out for a little bit, so I don't feel like I'm spoiling too much, he takes on his son, who is the avatar of the Phoenix. Okay? He takes on the Phoenix, and he's kind of, he's totally waffle-poning his son. Okay? <laughs> this is the rise of Thanos back to his greatness. This is true God Thanos. This is a guy who is going to put a hurtin' on everything. And that, to me, is phenomenal. Because you need a villain like Thanos to be around in the Marvel Universe. Because whether he's there or not, he's still going to be playing in the background. And he's going to be creating this ultimate fan. And the better part about it is he even said a giant fuck you to death. He doesn't need death. The things that it's hinting to, and I, I've seen other people do some theories on this and stuff like that, that there might be someone else that he's infatuated infatuated with, and it might be Oblivion. Which would be very interesting to see yes. how that's going to play out. Yeah. Uh, awkward, beyond but okay. death, he's going for Oblivion. But I mean, go big or go home, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Absolutely, but to, to go further into that when you were bringing up how Thanos lost his power... He actually lost it thanks to Thane in the first place. Mm-hmm. Then you have this weird kind of Valley of the Ancients where he gets kind of absorbed into. And then we don't know that yet because the next issue we get is we see Thanos as the leader of the Avengers. And like nobody knows what the hell's going on. But it's fun, kind of funny to see him in this leader role. But then Thanos being the mad titan that he is, he's kind of just like, this isn't right. This isn't who I am. This is an illusion. So when the witches are like, oh, you got us. He's like, I'm going to destroy you all. No, don't. You passed the test. Here's your powers back. And then Thane comes back like, crap, I thought I killed you. I have the Phoenix Force. Let me finish the job. They get to a straight up Dragon Ball style fight to where Thanos punches Thane through a planet. Yeah. Destroying it. How many issues did it last? Oh, nowhere near as long as the Dragon Ball story. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's not, it's not all in the same out. issue. Remember, when, when most comics do this stuff, it's like a four to six issue. I know, just man. Yeah. But amazingly done, like the artistry in the comics and just the fact that this was all to due to the rise to, you know, Thanos mm-hmm. in his prime again. Which, yeah. of course, we knew they're going to do that because Marvel is very predictable. Wouldn't you guys agree? Pretty much, yeah. With the fact that we have Infinity Wars just around the corner, they're still heavily leading up to that. So even in the comics, they have him kind of finding the stones yet again. So we kind of knew this was how it's going to play out. But at least they are doing things a, a little bit differently in regards to how they're going to lead up to that. And that's what I, the beauty of a lot of things that are going on, at least especially in 2017. Because even with Amazing Spider-Man, we finally saw, thanks to Otto Octavius taking over his body, 
Peter Parker is now the poor man, no pun intended, uh, Tony Stark. Yeah. He has webware. He has Parker Industries. He's got everything he's ever wanted. He's helping the world like he's always envisioned. He even had the um, Uncle Ben Foundation, which is helping out around the world. And then thanks to the crazy events of Secret Empire, which hurts my heart because seeing Captain America rocking S.H.I.E.L.D., even though it was due to Cosmic Cube shenanigans, she was just like, no, no. I applaud the the writers and how Marvel is sticking to their guns from that whole event by how it kind of ended in saying, no, this stays. Yeah, because all when Cubic finally does come back, and she admits like you know this is my doing, uh, and what's, what's cool too is so we you don't have multiple universes anymore because of the cataclysmic event that happened leading up to Secret Wars and Secret World, uh, instead Battle World, sorry, uh, you have now instead different timelines. That's what they decided to go with instead of different universes. And so that's the explanation of the Cosmic Cube, which is something we didn't have before. The Cosmic Cube doesn't pull matter out of nothing. Instead, what it does is it pulls from other timelines, other realities, and kind of shifts things around. And that's what that uh, Steve Rogers was. That mm. Steve Rogers was from a different possible timeline to where he was a, uh, a Hydra sleeper agent. So then we get mm. Classic Cap come back. They get into this pretty awesome fight, to which unfortunately they do decide to play on our nostalgia. And they even have a scene-for-scene scene kind of fight that was like between Tony Stark and Steve Rogers during Civil War where they even do the I hold up the shield okay well I'm in Iron Man style armor I fire a repulsor blast and it's being blocked off of it which they even did in the Civil War movie yep. <laughs> uh, but even just the reverberations that happened throughout the comics after that is just it's like you said perfectly same six of the guns it's speaking of other universes and things like that it's kind of funny how dc on the other hand does the exact opposite instead of doing all these different timelines and stuff like that oh wait they just mess up and try to fix it once with the flashback movie yeah, <laughs> or no. the flashpoint movie no. that's what they're gonna do you know? well it, the thing is though that that's that's something that's um <clears throat> cataclysm that happens that kind of explains a lot of things and kind of it definitely explained the reboot um, if you will, into the New 52 and, you know, DC Rebirth. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about the universes themselves, mm -hmm. where Marvel tex technically is one large universe with parallel time streams, if you will. DC right. does the whole negative and positive universes. Mm -hmm. And that was really introduced and confounded it, or compounded in um, another series that Anthony kind of really got me to go on. And I started to look in more and more uh, just because I hate Batman. And of course I need to know my enemy. Batman <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had those comics. I need to get into them. They're just sitting around. I really want to read The Bat That Laughs. I love the Joker. And no, I'm not that person who's like, oh, I love the relationship, you know, Harlequin and Joker. No. <laughs> I just love the idea that there is a criminal out there who serves no purpose. and can, So there's no way to actually figure him out. You can get maybe motives to a degree. But it's like he said in um, The Dark Knight. He's like a dog chasing after a tire. What is he going to do once he gets it? Exactly. He's just going to do and whatever. And now giving him Bat's intelligence... Yeah, I mean, mm. but it, it goes down to the point that we've made in a last in in a podcast previous to this. Batman is a better villain than he is a hero, and mm -hmm. Bat Metal kind yeah. of really proves it. Now, the fact that they're going into all these other characters through different dimensions and how they were brought about, um, the the Bat Who Laughs is a phenomenal story. Probably the best out of all the different iterations of Batman we get to see. Yeah, it's definitely one of the most dangerous as well. Um, even though it's basically your classic Batman who's just super criminally Joker insane and who carries, you know, who travels with, uh, several, like, Jokerized boy wonders that he, you know, just kind of chains around like he's Michonne from <laughs> Walking Dead. Um, but it, I, I have to say that I don't know why I kind of really liked it. Um, the, I, Drawing a blank on her name right now, but it was the female Batman uh, or Batwoman. Uh, and Gordon? no, no, well, no, it, there's another one. I can't remember her name. Isn't oh, it something um, Kane? Yeah, uh, and, I thought it was Cassandra. Is it Cassandra Kane? No, I, I think it was Cassandra uh, Kane. 
Yeah. I th- I believe so. And See, I don't really pay attention to much DC other than me getting introduced to the whole Batmetal thing letting you know. So no, I know, I know, I know. And, and, but the thing is, though, I think what really got me into it is the fact that it um it does – what happens for Batmetal ties into major things that also happen with uh, Superman because it was a big way for them to kind of pull Superman away from a lot of events that were going on for at least one of his uh, iterations – and, um, but with, with this version of Batwoman, um, everything has just kind of gone so wrong in this timeline, this universe, and ultimately war against the Atlanteans happens, and just like in Batman fashion, she is going to kind of step it up and push the limits, and she genetically alters herself, thus Winning a war against the freaking Atlanteans and then creating more technical mutated Atlanteans who were originally humans in floods of the world. Okay? This series is crazy. I, I still have a lot to go around and finish up with Batmetal, but that one was just nuts to oh, show. No, that was actually just a female Bruce Wayne, by the way. Yeah, oh, that was, yeah. so... They decided to, I guess, rule 63, th- this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought that one was great to show kind of... Batman being, it was the mix of everything, you know, it was the Aquaman. Well, it's like what we said a million times over, this is why you do not give Batman powers. No. this is what he does with them. No, no, <laughs> yep. no. I mean, it's the, where, where, <laughs> what if he got Grand, Green Lantern powers? Well, he breaks the limiters and still kills people. Yep. Okay, that happens. Has so much will, has, has so much will that it overrides the no kill function. Mm-hmm. And he's able to make these dark bat monster constructs that just murder everything. Right, right. Or Speed Force. He basically becomes Red Death. He basically he kills just about anybody that comes across him. And because he's so irresponsibly using the Speed Force, he creates these f- Speed Force storms that either rapidly age or regress age of people to the point of either nothingness. I like how he kind of got it by tricking the Flash and kind of strapping him to a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I almost Let got, me force this on you. I almost kind of feel like pulling a Han moment. It's like, that's not how the Speed Force works. No, not but at all. straps a new vehicle, just drives as fast as he can. He, he kind of pulls to, a DeLorean. I was going to say, got to get it to 88 miles an hour. Exactly. <laughs> He's trying to get it to 88 miles an hour, and then the f- the Speed Force will just happen. They're kicking. Yeah. yeah it disintegrates them both until they both become one being, except for, unfortunately, so, poor so, Barry so, Allen is the one taking the back seat. Mentally, so you're, 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 you're telling me that the Flash is the uh, flux capacitor? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, which kind of leads to Doomsday Clock. I've only read the first issue. The second issue only came out recently, but I'm already hooked. So, uh, again, when it comes to uh, the Watchmen, at least graphic novels, critically and even from fan base, it has been like said to be probably one of the greatest graphic novels of all time. Can't say the same for the movie, unfortunately. Okay, first off, I'm going to defend the movie. I really enjoyed that movie. I did movie. too. I'm, I'm with and you on that. number two, the, the major difference is basically the ending. Other than that, there were so many similarities and they stayed so true to that comic that I couldn't not like that movie. Yes, I mean, two major differences, of course, what the event was in the comics. It was a giant monster that looks like something I will not name, versus it being like a giant, uh, almost kind of nuclear explosion that they well, easily. Like I said, the, the the basically the ending, how yeah, that, how it kind of wrapped up, and then of course Rorschach. Rorschach dies either way, unfortunately. I don't care if it's spoilers or not because this the thing's movie's been, been out for, out so for like five years. Yeah. Comics even longer. Yeah. So I mean, the, if, but the difference being is. In the movie, his death is witnessed. In the comics, his death was not. But either way, in the end, he gets the last laugh. And it's cool to see them actually come back to that. So Osmondeus' whole plan backfires. Because Rorschach's journal gets out there. And the information gets out there that this was all fabricated to create peace. So it creates even more problems than it did to begin with. Showing now, you people hate people. Yeah. yeah. So they're just like, oh, this was fake? Oh, we hate each other even more! And with the first comic, we don't really get an explanation as how we have these characters from the Watchmen universe in the actual DC Rebirth universe, which apparently is somewhat addressed in Doomsday Clock 2. But it's kind of just cool to see these two worlds collide, and it's going to continue on into the next year. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for that to kind of go on even more, because, again, deep connections to what's going on with Batman, a lot of deep connections what's going on with Superman... Uh, and when you have 
a character like Dr. Manhattan, whether he's playing the good side or the bad side, what are you going to do against this guy? It's What are you going to do? He's too broken. Yeah. Pretty much. You're you done. thought Superman was OP. I know. Yeah, hey, wave of the hand and Superman's gone. Just race out of existence. Yes, and then he'll somehow lift existence back from out of existence. <laughs> Damn it, DC! <laughs> Writers get on that. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. You can't see it, but I'm sure you can yeah. see it. Or either that, or, oh wait, here comes Barry Allen. Range of timeline again. I know, the flux capacitor will run past it. <laughs> exactly. That's, exact, that's how they solve all their problems in DC. Barry, run. I mean, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of DC. I, I'm a more of a fan of DC than I am a Marvel, but that's how DC does. Listen, when you have a reset button like him, I guess yeah. you use it. Yeah, you use yeah. it. I mean, so with DC, even looking at some of the movies, we saw Justice League. We did a review. You can always check it out on our channel. And it was better than we all thought it was going to be. It mm-hmm. still didn't really wow anybody. Worldwide, it, was, it wowed people. It wowed, it wowed Mike. Yeah. Oh, God. But really, I mean, if we look at all the, the reviews that Mike has done so far, he always gives everything, like, a shining score. Yeah. It's always like, he's always, I'm going to give it the best score, you kind of give it a lower score, and I'm some either with you or somewhere in the middle. That seems yeah. to be, like, the trend so far when it comes yeah, to movie reviews. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, DC and Justice League, It I, th- I think the reason why it was rated for what it was rated for me is because... Going in with low expectations, doing better than it was. I think I was really hoping for them to go back and, like, there's going to be a director's cut where they're like, hey, listen, they we're really going to cut out a lot of the humor and actually do what we wanted to do. There are talks of there being a Snyder cut. Yeah. That that, that would that would probably definitely be worth picking up or at least watching mm-hmm. on Netflix when it comes out, you know? Because they'll, they'll drop it and then there you go. It's like, hey, you can pick it up for super cheap on playstation store and just kind of download it in as right. a digital copy you should be good to go um <laughs> directly to netflix yeah. Yeah, yeah but then on the flip side um a movie that did really well both in the box office it did really well in ratings across the board is uh thor ragnarok oh yeah yeah i really thor- knew that movie i liked how they're slowly bringing the vibe of Guardians of the Galaxy into it since they're supposed to eventually meet up, supposedly, in the mm-hmm. next phase. I hate yes. you, Will. I was just about to make that joke. I, was like, I, really, I really enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2.5. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just worried on how much screen time they're going to actually have in this next movie. You know, in Infinity War, how much Thor and the Guardians are going to well, have. Well, it's going to be a tough balance for Marvel who has already said this is going to be the biggest casting of main characters in any movie, like, ever. I don't yeah. know where that is. I'm just kind of quoting myself. <laughs> hey, but you know I mean, what? You think that, there's it. some truth behind it. I was going to say, at you're least, really at least you're it. willing to admit it versus, yeah. like, when we have Mike, he kind of shoots it out there. And Hell like, no. no. But, uh, we I miss get, you, Mike. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mike isn't here today because he thinks the... We forgot to actually mention that. Yeah. But, I mean... I think it's without saying that there's some fact behind it. When you have Guardian of the Galaxies, when you have Avengers, when you have, well, Thor. All the Avengers. Like, you have all of them. Yeah, all the Avengers, which is made up of several characters. Exactly. That's how you have Black Panther, who's still not an Avenger yet, who's also going to be getting his movie next year, but he's going to be thrown into Infinity Wars as well. Bringing in Spider-Man also. Yeah. Yeah. Bringing in Spider-Man. You're bringing all these casts, and you still have to bring in... Thanos, his army, more people, because we're already going to see the Black Order. Mm-hmm. We're going to see all these characters. It's going to be a really tough balance of screen time for all these characters and what their pivotal moments are. Now, from the trailers, things are looking epic. Oh, yeah. But how much they're going to jar back and forth between stories mm-hmm. is definitely going to be a tricky part. I don't know if you even noticed, but there were a few actors they didn't even show that were part of the Avengers, like Hawkeye, Ant-Man. I mean, we didn't even get to see them. Well, Ant-Man could have been anywhere. He's small. True. Okay. <laughs> or big. Listen, and, and the thing is, Hawkeye isn't really notable unless he becomes Ronin. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> so, actually, that reminds me of... Um, I know. Act, um, there Uh-oh. actually is rumors, supposedly, because uh, they do um, have pictures from um, some of the sets of Infinity Wars. 
and they do saw a slight costume change, which looks like he might be going Ronin. Oh, told you. Oh, you heard it here. From- no. <laughs> uh, that would be. They, they, were showing, oh, yeah. they, they had a side by side showing some like you know some of the leg armor and the arm and um, the arm guards. Right. Do so similarities, so it's possible that he might be going Ronin. Right. I mean, I think Ronin-esque. that was, yeah, Ronin esque. I mean, with him kind of trying to back out here and there, it, it would be cool to kind of see uh, Hawkeye have some kind of major kind of twist or mm-hmm. uh, you know something added to him to really spotlight him. And then, of course, now we got Marvel and DC out of the way. This was a huge year for horror. I know I may be probably the only person who's going to harp on this, being the huge horror fan that I am. And we kind of already covered this in the cast. But we're talking It. 2017 version of It completely blew me away. Hi, Georgie. (laughs) (laughs) That was an excellent rendition of Pennywise by Tim. But, yeah... So you thought it, most people thought it would be really hard to top the classic uh, TV miniseries that basically was a movie with Tim Curry, and I would almost say it's almost like a Jack Nicholson versus Heath Ledger versions of the Joker. Same thing with Pennywise. It was two completely different Pennywises, and they're both phenomenal in their own way. But overall, this movie was definitely what horror has been missing. We've had too many just jump scares, not a lot of style but not a lot of substance. And that's what we're seeing the return with, especially with the get out, which was directed at first time directing and also written by Jordan Peele. And he just showed an understanding and passion of horror movies in general that we generally, we just don't really see very often anymore. And I mean, not, not to put anything against him, but that that's coming out of the, the woodworks for having someone who's a comedian, Oh yeah, like having someone like you would think comedians, are going to deal with funny movies. They know mm-hmm. what funny is. Or maybe even dark humor. Exactly. But this guy kind of coming out the woodworks to put out a, a phenomenal... Yeah, something new. Like, exact, not something that you've really seen before and not something that is just jump scare, mm-hmm. you know? Which I can greatly appreciate because even though, yes, he is a comedian and comedy is exactly what he always tends to do, he's said from the very beginning that he is a huge, avid fan of horror himself. Which is why it's great, because that's what we're getting. We're getting a horror movie made by a horror fan who, again, just understands how it's supposed to be. What horror in its essence is. If you truly look at it, maybe the reason why he's so good at what he does is because when you look at comedy, knowing kind of understanding parts of your audience... um, Knowing that you need to push the line sometimes and understanding punchlines. You can translate punchlines into those epic points in a a horror movie to really push the emotional level to where you want it to be. Actually, go ahead. No, no, you can go on. I was going to say, you got those actors that they just stick to one type of, you know, role for many years and then they just hit you out of nowhere with another type of role whether it be comedy action series villain whatever and they just do such a good job at it and they can just roll with it so well actually uh, another point to find is um i heard rumors that him and his better half are actually gonna be trying to reboot the twilight zone which i kind of want to yes i did hear about that thank you for reminding me so much well but just to see what he could do with the Twilight Zone, I'm just like, I'm getting goosebumps just even thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, what kind of twists that could come out? Mm-hmm. That'd be crazy. I'd really look forward to seeing because that. Because he already has, uh, with his comedy sketches, the short stories already lined up and experience from it. So now to do it in a horror sense, it's going to be really interesting to see. Very true. Very true. All right, so moving on to one of the last few movies that we had of this year. Really great movie that was a Netflix special original, Bright. Um... I really enjoyed this movie, and honestly, now that I've seen it, I was kind of wrong. My first guess was I'm thinking, okay, someone's finally going to try and enter early Shadowrun. But now looking into it, I actually see now more. It's just looking at it from a D&D perspective. It's what happens if you know you finally left the medieval times and went forward into the future. Like, how would these creatures and other species interact? How would things continue? And I actually really enjoyed that because I do enjoy the uh, D20 modern games. And I've always been trying to find a way to, like, seamlessly incorporate these two worlds. And I like Bright because it did it. And I really enjoyed how they did it. So it inspired you to do some kind of other D20 modern slash D&D mixture game? Oh. Later. Later. Later, I think I'll bring up another, like, a D20 modern game. Uh, right now, actually, the only thing I'm really focused on is trying to um, 
get back into gaming, and I'm going back to uh, some older roots and trying to do a Vampire the Masquerade game. Oh wow, that, that would be interesting. Yeah, not the not the not the PC rock paper scissors. Okay, no, 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 no. I'm not doing live action. I'm, oh. not, I'm not doing live action. I've oh. actually um, the I've had version. the tabletop books for a while. Yeah. I've just never played the tabletop games for that. So now I'm bringing, I'm dusting them off, and I'm trying to start a campaign through that. Okay. So I hope to pick one up soon. Yeah. But Bright would make an amazing, like, just theme for mm-hmm. a D&D game. Once you start watching this movie, you feel just extremely as well connected to not just the characters, but the world itself, because you can relate on how much it is just like our world, just with all these different races incorporating into everyday lives, and just how, like... A fairy is a nuisance, and you just want... It's like an annoying pigeon, and you just need to kill it. So you call the exterminator to kill the pigeon. Yeah, and I mean, from what I understand, too, I've only got... Unfortunately, got to watch only the first ten minutes. I haven't had the time. I've been meaning to watch it. Even though it has not been received very well critically, it seems that just the average individual who's watched it the has nothing base. but... Exactly. Has just nothing but great things to say about it. And I was kind of intrigued, even just from the trailers way back when, thinking, oh, this is an interesting concept. And there is, of course, the allegory towards racism. Some people feel like it did a really good job at conveying that. Other people, not so much. But what I do appreciate is even, again, with those within those first 10 minutes, they do a really good job of explaining this world, how it worked, as far as the backstory to the different races, how they all intermingled throughout the age to get to this point without it being just too much exposition. Yeah, they didn't even explain that much, to be honest. They kind of just flowed into the movie. Well, I was going to say, um, I... I have always found an interest in whether it be video games, movies, novels, anything like that, that whether being explained or not, if you feel there's enough information to really put you into the world, okay, if it paints a really good picture and you feel that kind of connection and you get into that world, it's easier to obviously to sink into it. That goes for anything, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you're not just invested into characters. You're also invested into a world. So if if it gives you enough to make you feel like you're in a Shadowrun game because it has all those tech aspects to it or, you know, otherworldly aspects to it and the world seems more real, then you have that connection to it. Right. Actually, looking at the Hitchy front, the one thing I do like is, um, I just saw a little while ago, the one thing I did felt that was lacking in the movie was a little bit of history. Because all they explained was long ago, you know, certain things happened. I won't spoil the movie since Anthony has not seen it yet. No, and I want to still. I want to think. <laughs> so, but certain events that have happened in the past still uh, grant on forward like we do nowadays. You know, th- wars happened a hundred years ago. Why are we still complaining about it now? But the one thing I felt, though, was honestly there wasn't enough history. And what actually the uh, people who created Bright did recently was it reached a uh, YouTube video doing a brief um, history lesson of magic from where it began till now. Which, if, if I'll send you a link later so you guys can see that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Pass that along because, you know what, though? It, that's another smart aspect of uh, certain filmmakers when they get into it. If you know you don't, like, you want to create your movie how you envision it. But you can't always give all the details. You don't want it to be that, like, boring, uh, just telling an origin story every single time. You want to get to what's going on and you can go with your main characters. Uh, and when you have the ability to put out a YouTube, you know, spotlight that says this is some history of it, it's a great way to kind of mingle the worlds and elongate your series. And going back to what you said, Will, you're right. They did not delve too far into a lot of the, you know, background and the story of how things got the way they were. But at the same time, they didn't, it felt like they didn't want to focus on that. It felt like they wanted to focus more on Jacoby and um, Will Smith's character. And they just wanted to focus on them as, you know, two street cops stuck in this kind of situation. It's okay, Tim. It's really hard to see Will Smith as anybody else other than Will Smith. <laughs> I mean, I remember his, his character's name's Dwayne uh, Ward. I remember the character's name. It's oh, just, okay. I just want to call him Will Smith. Because it's Will it's Smith. Because it is. It yeah. almost he's, he's he does. Will it's Will Smith. Yeah, exactly. Anytime the, uh, Jacoby was like, hey, Ward, I'm like, no. He's like, hey, Smith. <laughs> Listen, any movie that, like, almost... What movie has not really done well if Will Smith has starred in it? I mean, I know there's a few out there. Um, uh, 
the one movie I didn't care for too much. I still felt he if did you great say acting. I am legend. No, I'll smack you. No, it's not an I am legend. That was a the one with his movie. son, uh, where they were lost on the planet. Oh, Earth, like uh, oh. after Earth, I after Earth or something like oh, that. Okay. Like it wasn't. It didn't blow me away. It was. Not a bad movie, but no, it didn't blow me uh, away. <laughs> I agree. I actually think I'm a little bit more hypercritical of that. I didn't like that movie. It blew everybody out of their seats and out of the theater because they were so bored. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love Will Smith's all his other movies, but that no, was I one know. of the ones Smith, I couldn't really Will get Smith with. actually puts out a lot of great movies. That's why I'm thinking, like, there there isn't really a lot of movies that's that he's... the only one that sticks yeah. out of my mind. Unless you really, like, um, I haven't seen any of his earlier career, but I think if you go way back, you might find something, but... At the same time, like that's early in the career, you know. Yeah. It's where you're trying to find yourself. I mean, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, still stands yeah. the test of time. That it does. Uh, yeah, but also not a movie. <laughs> I know, but I, mean, I guess. But I do. I do agree. His acting. Yes, no, that's what I was looking great. at. Yes. Um, and I think what we need to discuss is uh, <laughs> kind of you know the the horse in the room, the Last Jedi. Okay, the there's, horse. there's okay, this is an elephant. Listen to the Okay, <laughs> an elephant, whatever, horse. Because elephant. Unless Listen, you're the first thing no, you the just horse. Prove, you just proved my point. People will go back and forth on whether they liked or hated this movie because there's such a divide. And it is, and the funny thing is, is when you look at the two extremes, like the Sith and the Jedi, they're both idiots. Like the people that absolutely <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna choke the shit out of Anthony right now. The Jedi are idiots. The Sith are are still are, idiots. I'm on that. Well, I'd say the rule of two got rid of the rest of the idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I personally like the rule of the one, but that's just me. But in regards to this, again, the division, you have the people who are just so butt hurt. Well, yeah, they're like, oh, well, my theory didn't come true. This is what I envisioned this story to be. It's not how I envisioned it. Therefore, it's absolute garbage. Then you have the people are like, oh, this movie is flawless. It can do no wrong, even though there were some issues with the film. You can love something and still be critical of it. That's the one thing that people tend to forget. But it seems like there can only be these two extremes. I was about to say, I do the same thing with DC all the time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I look at it this way. I, I, I mean, if you watch our review, we, ha- you know, we do have one out there. <laughs> um, I liked the movie. I did say, even in the review, that there were things that I didn't like about the movie, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't a good movie. It had, uh, definitely some original points. Um, and do, it, it does what, uh, Disney set out to do. Which is truly pass the torch and establish these characters as their own. There's a reason why it's called New Canon, and that's just that. They're trying to basically pave the way into their own stories. I mean, look at it this way. This, I know we only have one more movie for this trilogy, but all the spinoffs that are going to be happening, and the fact that there's talks, and I can't remember if it's been confirmed or not, that there's going to be another trilogy. After. Hopefully now, the so. Old Republic. Speculation oh, anywhere. Yes. Either way. That'd be great. Please. If they do an Old Republic, that would be like by far one of the greatest things out there. But still, speculation out there. Like, what are they going to do for the new trilogy that's going to be after this? And, hey, if they're going to they establish something new, go in a different direction, build the world, they can. Because that's what Star Wars is. is an entire universe that you could build so much around. So, speaking of side projects and everything, how do you feel so far the things you've been hearing about the Solo movie? Mm. That's what I'm curious about. It, to me, the casting looks great, so... I am looking forward to it because of Donald Glover. Yes. That, to, see, <laughs> to, to see the Childish Gambino yes. become the adult Gambino. The smoothest yeah. man in the galaxy. Parisian. <laughs> Smooth like Perfect, butter. perfect casting. That's honestly the reason why I am going to see it, besides the fact that, yes, it is Star Wars. I'm still not too keen on who they've chosen for Han Solo. He kind of has the look. Uh, but just seeing some of the other roles, and I don't even remember any off the top of my head, which is kind of my point here. Uh, I, I'm still going to give it the benefit of the doubt, though. That, yeah, that's what I'll say about it. <laughs> it I, the fact that I, I, I really wish though that because uh, I believe it's being um, released in May, but like late part of May. Mm-hmm. I really wish that they would have released it on the fourth. 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> that would have been great. That, like, just how Disney, Disney's like, okay, no, we get it. May the 4th be with you. We're releasing it on the 4th. How they haven't done... Have they done that yet? I don't remember all the release um, dates of all the Star Wars films. No, it's always I kind been of feel like they've yeah, yeah. yeah. Disney's trying to play Santa. Yeah. Because if you look and back at it, every single Star Wars movie has been basically released on Christmas. And even Rogue One uh, was, was a December movie. December. So it's it's always been that time frame. And for this one to be kind of released before your, your summer, you know, starts... Uh, why can't they do it on the 4th? Absolutely. I, I completely agree. And even in regards to the Star Wars universe, since we talked about something that was good, I mean, still really good, we got to talk about something that's not so much. So I think this is a good point to start getting into video games with Battlefront 2. Phenomenal game that was owned by a horrible company. Yeah. For, I mean, we can't harp on it too much because... We did it as an episode. Not only the fact that we did, <laughs> not only the fact that we did this episode, but also uh, I I watched the campaign because I wasn't gonna support EA and buy it. Uh, and watching the campaign on YouTube, it was a great story. It very it based, it bridged the gap between uh, the old trilogy and the new trilogy, as far as um, Disney's trilogy, we'll call it. And it's a re- it's really a shame that it, EA is the one that kind of screwed the pooch on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know we've gone over this before. Business model, horrible, thank you, uprising of gamers who are thinking with your wallets and hopefully going to kind of do, you know, showing that they're going to do something about this and hopefully things at least change a little bit. And speaking of EA just, you know, bending developers over, oh God. you have Bioware <laughs> and Mass Effect Andromeda. I remember being, I being mm. so hyped for this game. I bought it. I bought the Deluxe Edition. That's how hyped up I was for it. And I usually don't buy Deluxe Editions. Holy crap, we're actually going to your intro? Yeah. <laughs> talk, this is not... You're going to pull in your intro now. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, how disappointed are you? <laughs> Let's you know, finally you loops around. Because it's just like the movies. The title gets named at one point. <laughs> yeah. You have to drop the name somewhere in the movie. Exactly. So and tell us how you truly feel. <laughs> And use the word. Use the word. It was a disappointment. Oh. The word was horseshit, everybody. No, I, I, that's horseshit. your word. I'm not going to take that from you. I told you to use the word. You should have said my word. It, use the word. Like, use the force? Yes. <laughs> Either way, when it comes to Mass Effect and drama, we, it had so much promise. We saw the trailers for it. It looked like it was really going to be this next-gen, game-changing title, and that is not what we got at all. There were so many issues, again, so kind of what we discussed before in a previous episode, uh, developmental issues involving Crunch. It was a, They kind of just tossed this huge franchise off to a brand-new uh, spl- uh, kind of splinter team within Bioware who had no real experience with it, and it, it really showed. And, you know, that they, they tried, and unfortunately they failed, but Casey Hudson's back, and he says he's not done with Mass Effect, so hopefully the next one will be out there. But, I mean, at least the voice actors involved, uh, they did a great job in their roles. It's just unfortunate that the characters weren't all that interesting. The story they tried to tell was interesting in theory, not so much in application. So, perfect segue since we're on games. Games we're looking forward to next year. Well, can I just say one more that from this year that exploded, blew up every other game out of the water this year? Player Unknown Battlegrounds sold the most copies that I what almost how much like twenty over twenty million? I I lost count. I cringe and it and it yeah I know you cringe because there are still a lot of bugs in that game for something that just came out in May as a beta and just got released not even a few weeks ago. Isn't that what makes things fun? (laughs) <laughs> oh, but still, this game is by no, far... You, you you paid full version for an early access game. You paid full price for to play a beta. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. 
I know. Oh. Some, pe- some people, some people will, will be. be. Some people will I mean, be. it was only 30 bucks, and it's staying $30, I believe, even after it leaves. Okay, okay, so it's only that's $30. Not full price no, compared not. to what full price is yeah. nowadays. I mean, they're giving that, out new content without asking you to buy anything. That That is that is Battlefront 2 prices after they failed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. essentially, this game is blowing all the other games out of the water. You got the... Just Listen, if, it, yeah. if they're going to fix everything and kind of give you downloadable content and kind of work on it, then okay, agreeable, buy the buy the launch pad and kind of start taking off and do do your players right from there. Completely fine. Yep. Now, I know, Anthony, you're looking forward to January a lot with two games that are coming out. One being the uh, Monster Hunter. See, ha ha ha, you hear him talking crap, but if you go ahead and watch the live stream... Or even just the live stream. I talked shit that about you in that game. You did because I did you dirty. Okay. But, the, but that's <laughs> okay. Either way, so <clears throat> I'm gonna tell the truth. I'm gonna tell the truth. I liked portions of the game. Oh, oh it's, it's <laughs> committed to audio. I'm not removing it. It is a set in stone. He said I'm it himself. I'm still worried about portions of the game that I think are going to make you drown out in boredom later. But and I you know what to be honest, it's gonna be there, but it's not so much, much, much later in the game because, like I said, the grind for the epic end gear is is there. I'm not gonna say it's not, but it will take a while till you get to that point. And I can guarantee you, just like you had fun in the beta, for us to be able to travel all these different worlds, fight all these additional creatures than what you saw, because there's a lot more in both regards. It will take a while before it gets old. Okay, I'm moving on from that. So <laughs> what we need to go real quick down the line the game that everyone wants to play this coming January if you haven't been playing beta already Dragon Ball Fighters Z okay <laughs> you still need some clarification damn it is it Dragon Ball, Ball Fighters, Fighters or is or it Dragon is Ball Fighters Z? Z either way I don't care I'm picking it up I put in or I'm putting in my pre-order I'm gonna be getting that game real quick uh Kid Buu Vegeta and um freaking uh, Piccolo. That's what I'm going. That's my team. I'm going Goku, Vegeta, Piccolo. I'm just not sure if I'm going to go Go- uh, Goku and Vegeta Super Saiyan 1 or Super Saiyan Blue. Yeah. As much as I would love to have this game, if I I don't have a PlayStation 4 like the rest of these guys. It's so PC, Xbox. I know, but I'll be the only one on PC playing it. I'd be playing by myself all, all right, the time. Th- three-man team, go for it. I know. Well, my three-man team would definitely be Vegeta. Of course, Team Gohan. Cell, Team Gohan, okay. mind you. Yeah, yeah, young Gohan. Exactly. Yeah. And Frieza. Well. Well, I was only partially 18, so I'd have to have 18 on my team. There you go. And 17, gotta get, get paired together. I don't know and if 17 is actually in the game or if he's just paired with 18. As an or, assist. As an assist. Okay, but, but either, either way, so, I, I still, so, okay, so we'll leave it at 18. Then I have to go with Trunks, because as, as much as early on in the series he was kind of bitchy, I do enjoy the character. I'm and sorry. final, <laughs> I have to cop out, and I'm going to say Goku. Wow, I mean, the yeah. only person, the only person who doesn't have Vegeta on this team. Therefore, Will, you're not playing with us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> take a ball and go home, you yeah. guys. <laughs> Listen, okay. And then the only thing for games that I want to personally harp on for this year is I want my new fucking trailer for Final Fantasy VII Remake in possibly the game this year, which is not going to happen. No. It'll probably be on probably PlayStation not. 5. Listen, yeah. just do yourself a favor. Shut up. Cry into a jar. <sighs> Send it to them. Bury it in the back of your yard. Put a tombstone there, tombstone there with Final Fantasy VII. Because the way this is going, it's not happening. No, I have to pay for it with my tears. I'm going to send that jar <laughs> to freaking Square and see if they'll be like... This is not Bethesda where you can buy a game <laughs> yeah. with bottle caps. Yeah. Why not? I wish <laughs> Which I'm so pissed because I have a huge collection of legit bottle caps. I actually have Coke, which is the equivalent of Nuka-Cola in that universe. This jackass that sent it over to Bethesda cheated by getting a bunch of beer bottle caps and a whole bunch of other miscellaneous nonsense. I don't discredit beer. Didn't he take the time to actually make them look like new Coca-Cola caps? No, though? no, he didn't. No, he didn't? It was just saying, no, you know what? It was even oh. worse is they weren't even his own. Or not all of them were his own. He actually collected a lot of it from his friends. So me, that's cheating. He should be disqualified. <laughs> that should have been my collector's edition because I legit have at least over 500 Coca-Cola, new Coca-Cola bottle caps. Should be mine! Would you be able to get a power armor with that? Yeah. <laughs> 500 caps. 
Uh, maybe if you look at the conversion rate. Oh, <laughs> 500, you probably could if you had enough points in Charisma or the Merchant uh, perks and stuff. So mm-hmm. all I'm hearing is no. No. <laughs> maybe a leg. You, you might just be able to shoot him in the face and take it. That's I normally know, what right? you do. Surprise him with the caps, and he's all like, oh, 500 caps, sure. Ah, bang. bang. Now I just <laughs> take back my caps. Thank you. Come take again. armor. <laughs> Deuces, baby. <laughs> but continuing on, and as far as our future plans, you could definitely go ahead and see. I think what we've been talking about, and this is on my channel, isn't on Ready Comics Roll, unfortunately. A long time ago, I did a bootleg tournament for Injustice, which was very popular. The reason why it's called bootleg is because we purposely record it from the camera, so it's kind of bad quality, but it's bad quality in the best way possible. Almost like a a grindhouse film would be. So we're thinking about bringing back the bootleg tournament for Ready Comics Roll of Dragon Ball Fighter Z. So you heard the teams. This might actually be a thing. If you're interested in seeing that, please let us know down in the comments below. Absolutely. And we will definitely be streaming, John and I, since he's getting it, Monster Hunter World... I have both games painful. You all know that I'm broke as hell. I can only afford two, maybe three games in a year, which is why it's extremely unfortunate that both Monster Hunter World and Dragon Ball Fighter Z comes out on the same damn day. I'm so happy that I'm actually not paying for freaking Monster Hunter. I'm technically kind of getting it for free because I have GameStop credit. So, ha! I still win. <laughs> so to give you a reference to how broke he is, currently right now we're talking to you via tin can and string. Yes, yes. You're not supposed to give away ready comic rule secrets. Listen, if they feel bad enough for you, they might just give you money. <laughs> right. This is why we have our Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. I know, right? No, Mike is why they can't have nice things. Yeah, Mike is the reason why we can't That's have nice true. things. Mike is the reason, yeah, absolutely. We love you, We love you, Mike, yeah. but it's true. <laughs> And that'll roll us out for this issue. We want to thank Tim and Will for being on tonight. I'd like to thank you guys for having me. Um, I really enjoyed um, this. And uh, now i got to do some research, assholes. Thanks. You, you sounded a little bit hesitant with that. Almost like, did I have to do this? <laughs> Not really that, did I have to, but like you make me realize I am lacking in my comic book knowledge and everything. So I have to go read up now. Thanks. There's, there's a lot out there. It's okay. <laughs> and thank you for having me. Anthony and John, it's been a lot of fun, and I can't wait to do it next time with you guys. Yeah, I know. So if much... there's a next time. If there's a next time, <laughs> I'm speaking too prematurely. Don't worry, you're both going back. What? <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Bye. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, share, subscribe, as well as ding that bell to be notified of future videos. Also, let us know what you thought of some of the topics we discussed. Was there any real standout moments for you as regards to 2017 or anything you're really interested in looking forward to for 2018? Let us know in the comments below. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and any of the other social media listed below. Be sure to join the Discord channel to chat with the Ready Comics Roll crew and other rollers. Follow us on Twitch for random live streams. And if you want to see the Ready Comics Roll crew grow, head over to Patreon page and support them. So from all of us at Ready Comics Roll, including Mike, who's unfortunately not with us, have have a a Happy happy New Year! Year!